0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with, guess who? Tell them tell him who I'm with, Chuck. Oh, Chuck. <laughs> I'm with Chuck. And Jerry's in the room as well. And since the three of us are together in this room, we have... Tell oh, Stuff You Should Know, Chuck. Stuff You Should Know. That's right. The podcast. Uh-huh. Um... I am so excited about this podcast. I knew you would be. So much so that I'm worried about it because as you know, and anybody who even like occasionally listens to the stuff you should know, is aware of, the more excited I get about a topic, the poorer job I do at explaining it. Yeah. See, I already did it. I should have said the (laughs) the poorer the job I do. Yeah. It's true. So I'm just going to try to remain calm. Okay. Because all we're talking about is magnets after all, you know?
0: And that's the way I feel.
1: <laughs> we usually balance each other out nicely like that. But you don't think that there is some a certain cachet to walking around understanding how a magnet works? Yeah. Do you realize what percentage <laughs> of the population you're a member of for knowing that? Maybe, maybe, and this is a guess, like .0029% of no. the human population. Knows how magnets work? I don't know anybody else. Until we selected this and started reading it, besides Tracy Wilson, who knew how magnets work,
0: I think you are underestimating the curiosity of the general public for people to look up this stuff on their own.
1: All right, um, I would like to hear from people if you already knew how magnets. Yeah, work, act if you like if we this, don't
0: tell people this and they're just dumb dummies walking around. I don't think
1: that. <laughs> That's not at all what I think. But I, I we'll guess get it's corrections just kind on this,
0: like... and I think that will prove that people know this well, and more.
1: Okay. If you're if you're a physicist whose specialty <laughs> is the electromagnetic yeah, power,
0: cracking their knuckles right now, and listening right.
1: Up. Then yes, we're gonna mess things up. It's true, but we have a general, good, well, I'd say fairly detailed idea of why magnets exist. That's right, and we're gonna explain that to everybody. It's all because of but not Greece. not in any way, shape, or form, in a condescending manner. No, 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 because all we did was research that's right it's not like we're making magnets here no No, we're just talking about them
0: you know they discovered these in in magnesia in greece did you know that what magnets like natural
1: magnets yeah like lodestone yeah mag in magnesia in greece is that really a place yeah magnesia absolutely you're not pulling my leg nope okay but it was lodestone a type of magnetite Yeah, it was magnetite. Because that's the strongest naturally occurring magnet, right? Like you can attract a paperclip just with this rock.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it is. Even cooler, though, are the ones that humans have conquered and mastered and own. That's right. Because all the magnets you come in contact with on a a daily basis, maybe a weekly basis, um, have been manipulated by humanity. See, I never come into contact with magnets. You know something? It's hard to find a decent magnet these days in an average store. Like, you have to, like, mail off for them. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: And I don't have uh refrigerator magnets because, you know, the the stainless steel uh fridges, you can't put a magnet on them.
1: That's so weird.
0: You can put it on the side. Yeah. So we have a few, you know, you get magnets over the course of your life, whether it's, like, the pizza delivery guy has a, like, we have one in the shape of a pizza slice with their number on it. You do? And that's on the side. And, like, our vet... Like, yeah. we have a vet magnet.
1: In the shape of a pizza slice with <laughs> <is> a number. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? And then, like, you know, random uh, random people have given me magnets here and there, which I'll throw up there on the side.
1: That's good. Those are nice yeah. mementos. You may we not collect sometimes. got one You did? Yeah. That's nice. That's
0: great, Chuck. So anyway, I don't have a lot of magnets or experience. With magnets, but I understand them now.
1: Now that you say that, I realize that I have more experience than I realized with magnets. Because we, re- <laughs> you mean, I do have a pretty good magnet collection. Well, there you go on our fridge. Um, but uh, yeah, it is. It, it always struck me as weird that like stainless steel wouldn't, you couldn't put a magnet on that. Yeah. Now I understand why. Stainless steel is not a ferrous metal. That's right. You have to have a ferrous metal, like something say iron nickel cobalt aluminum even oh really i think so because there's a a type of uh, magnet called the alnico magnet and that's aluminum nickel cobalt alloy
0: yeah that have if you've got a a really good guitar amp you might have an alnico uh speaker is that right yeah they're uh, they're pricey
1: yeah, I can imagine. Like
0: you can buy the speaker separately and like switch it out in your amp to make your amp sound better, which I have been meaning to do for years, but they're just kind of pricey. It's like 400 bucks just for the speaker.
1: But how's the sound?
0: Well, I'm told it's great, but music guys hear much more than I do. Mm. Like real, real music guys, they're like, can't you hear the difference? And I'll be like, yeah,
1: sort of. Are these music <laughs> guys also El Al Nico speaker salesmen? <laughs> yeah, probably so. Alright, so let's get, so this is what I like about this article. It goes like basic to specific. Yes. And you can start with the basics about magnets. They attract specific metals. As we said, typically ferrous metals. Yes. Uh, they have a north and a south pole. All magnets do. Yeah, There's no like north the and east poled magnet. Yeah.
0: And the Earth is the biggest magnet of all, I guess. It
1: is, at least on Earth. Opposite y- poles attract one another. Uh-huh. Like poles repel one another. They hate each other. That's right. Uh, magnetic and electrical fields are related, and we're going to explain why. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And magnetism, I think I said electromagnetism earlier, so you can put your email away because I'm correcting myself. Yes. Is one of the four fundamental forces of the universe, right? That's right. With uh, gravity and the strong and weak nuclear forces.
0: That's right. That's magnets. That's a great intro. Um, magnets, <laughs> the object itself, or a magnet is an object in itself uh, that produces a magnetic field. And it's going to attract, like you said, ferrous metals. Yeah. And uh, there can be permanent magnets, um, a.k.a. hard magnets. Yeah. And they always have a magnetic field going. And then you have the temporary magnets, a.k.a. soft magnets. And they just produce a magnetic field when they're in the presence of... Uh, or when they're in the presence of a magnetic field and only for a short time and then for a little bit thereafter. Right. Like once it's gone.
1: Once yeah. And then uh, electromagnets, when you apply an electrical current to some magnets, they become magnetic. That's right. And if you have a doorbell, you probably have an electromagnet in your house. Yeah, the doorbell? Yeah. I looked it up. It's it's more complicated than you would think. Oh yeah? I don't have it's, a doorbell. It's like a contra- it's like a Rube Goldberg esque contraption. Hmm. That That is apparently pretty standard and uses electromagnets. It's neat. And actually, if you're interested in that, there's an article, How Doorbells Work, on HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Yeah, isn't it weird that a door – or maybe it's just me as a misanthrope, but like the sound of a doorbell now is not like, oh, I wonder who's here. It's, oh, crap, who's here? Right. Because <laughs> no one just drops by anymore.
1: Right, either that or like they know. Yeah. 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 So, Chuck, um, the the magnets that you typically have, like your pizza – Pizza Boy magnet, Mm -hmm. Um, or like the circle ones are probably the best example. Just a ring, that magnetic ring that you see and grew up with. Those are a specific type, and they're called um, ceramic magnets. That's right. And they're uh, probably the weakest magnets commercially available, except for the pizza slice ones. Right. Because that's almost like a sticker.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's connected to, or it's got a, a, a topper on it right with printing yeah a topper
1: that's that's the word there, there's for it a now. word i can find <laughs> the topper the pizza slice topper <laughs> uh but with the ceramic magnet it's um it's magnetic material mixed with ceramics mm-hmm. and it kind of cuts it um and it makes it a little weak
0: yeah but good enough to stick on a fridge which is all you're looking for
1: yeah and it's cheap
0: very cheap uh you already mentioned the alnico magnets mm-hmm. yeah. which are more expensive and like you said, aluminum, nickel, and cobalt, and they are stronger than ceramic, obviously, but not as strong as the ones we're about to talk about, like, uh, neodymium magnets.
1: Yeah. Or, uh, samarium. Samarium. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Samarium. Okay. Samarium. <laughs> uh, both of those magnets incorporate rare earth metals. Yeah. Which are extremely magnetic. Or yeah. when combined in an alloy can be very yeah, magnetic. That's
0: true. Uh, and now they even have, uh, and this is something I never knew. They have uh, plastic magnets called magnetic polymers. Uh, okay. and I, I guess those are for use in just very certain applications, like cold, cold temperature applications.
1: Yeah. Or maybe that's what's on your pizza slice magnet.
0: Or it says, uh, they, they pick up very, only very lightweight things like iron filling. So I wonder if that's what you use with like your, uh, uh, you remember the little, little toy kids thing where you could, had a guy's face and it had oh, the little yeah. iron fillings and you could move it around yeah. and make a beard or yeah. a mustache or
1: whatever? Sure. I bet that's what that is. What was that called? I don't know. Old timey toy number 273. Not a Etch a Sketch, not a Hugo, something like that. And why was it that anybody who had a beard from the 1940s to the 1960s, any child's toy, mm-hmm. was like the most disturbing looking Creature you could come up with. You think? Oh, yeah. you Have you ever heard of Rushton dolls? No. They had, they were this very successful toy company and they came out with a line of hobo dolls that were like the scariest things you've ever seen in your life. Well, of course. Like, they were meant to damage children, obviously.
0: Oh, keep them from hopping trains, probably. I guess. You know? Yeah. Like, could, play with it at home. This don't is what go happens. out on the road.
1: Yeah, if you hop trains. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I made a blog post actually called "27 of the Most Unintentionally Terrifying Dolls You've Ever Seen or Ever Created." That's like almost every doll, in my opinion. You should see the slideshow; it's pretty good. I'll check it out. Uh, okay, so let's talk about making magnets, Chuckers. All right. Well, you talked about
0: lodestone, uh, form of magnetite, and that is, you know, the natural strongest natural magnet.
1: All right. You don't have to do anything nope. to it. Nope. Um, so. I guess the discovery of lodestone and the fact that it attracted metals made people start to tinker around with it and um, I guess around the 12th century people figured out that if you took a little iron pin and you took some lodestone and you petted it in the same direction <laughs> preferably in a north northern direction like yeah. you you could magnetize that iron filling and if you suspended it in something like water in a leaf for anyone who's seen that movie with uh, Alec. Baldwin and um, Anthony Hopkins, the edge? Oh, yeah, yeah. They magnetize like a needle and oh, yeah. put it in like a, a water-filled leaf, and it, they figure out which way is north through that. I knew I'd seen that before. So that's uh, that's basically magnetizing a, a pin using lodestone. That's how the earliest compasses were made.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So what's going on here, and this is sort of the, the basis, and we'll break it down to, a, like you said, a more molecular level. Yeah. But- What's going on here is something known as a region called a magnetic domain. And it is actually part of the physical structure of any uh, ferromagnetic material. So we're talking, again, iron, cobalt, and nickel, largely. Mm-hmm. And each one is like a, its own tiny little magnet right there. It's got its own little north pole, its own little south pole. And um, they if it's unmagnetized, then this stuff is just going to be random and pointing in all different directions.
1: Right. The, the domain has its own north and south pole, but yeah. it's not necessarily aligned with the north and south pole on Earth.
0: Right. They're just kind of askew. If it's magnetized, they're all pointing in the same direction.
1: Right. Yes. That's that's pretty much all you have to do is figure out how to um, get all of those magnetic domains to align in the same north-south line. Yeah,
0: because if they're not, they're just canceling each
1: other out. Exactly. So, um the more domains that you have pointing in the same direction, yeah. the more powerful magnet you have. Yeah. Um And the in each of these little domains, you can just kind of, I almost see it as like a little pocket in the molecular makeup of this, like an iron. Yeah. Um, the north pole of one domain flows into the south pole of the domain in front of it. That's right. If they're all aligned. Yeah. And you add a bunch of these up, they produce one large magnetic field for the magnet as a whole.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, which explains why if you you know if you do the old trick in elementary school where you bring one magnet close to the other, one it'll either repel it or, you know, snap it together like one larger magnet.
1: Right, because the force this magnetic force is going into out of the north pole of the magnet and into the south pole of the magnet in front of it. There's something very dirty about that. It is right. <laughs> um Or if you take the uh, north pole of one magnet, north pole of another magnet, and put them together, they repel one another because their magnetic forces are flowing in opposite directions and pushing one another apart, which is kind of funny because this is how magnets work. But it bears such a striking resemblance to like something they would have come up with in the 15th century, like the the force flowing out.
0: Yeah, this invisible force. Right. It's,
1: It's witchery. And this is why right. magnets won't be brought together.
0: Like people would come and drag us out of here and toss us in a lake to see if we float <laughs> right, afterwards. Exactly. Uh, so we could stop there and you would have a pretty good idea of things, but yeah. we won't. No. We'll but, continue on.
1: Okay. We'll go a little a little more in detail, huh?
0: That's right. If you want to make a magnet, you, got, you have to get all these magnetic domains flowing in the same direction. Just like we were talking about earlier when you rub the needle on the magnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you expose it to this magnetic field, and we're getting these suckers to align in the same way, and then boom, that is one way that you can get a magnet.
1: Right, and there's different ways of doing this. Um, you place it in a magnetic field in the north-south direction. You can hold it in north-south direction and hit it with the hammer. Yeah, that's crazy. That, it is a little crazy. Like you're physically jarring these domains yeah. into alignment. They're like, huh? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll point this way then. Um, or you can pass an electrical current through it. That's kind of a cheat. And they think that this is where um, lodestone came from. Either it was when this uh, rock formed, uh-huh. ma- the magnetite formed um, from a, a, a lava, it was aligned with the north-south pole of the earth, so it became magnetized. Yeah. Or it was struck by lightning, so an electrical current passed through it. That'd be pretty cool. And it became magnetized as a result. And that seems likely. Right. Right. Um, but today the most common method of, of making magnets is to place them in a very strong magnetic field Yeah. and bada boom, bada bing, their domains start to, to wind up. But, yeah. There's
0: going to be a little delay though. Yeah. And I saw this like on a, on a YouTube uh, video, this guy, there's a really good one. I can't remember what it was called where the guy broke it down. I always, whenever it's stuff I don't understand, I always type kid science and then I, <laughs> then I look and see what videos are available. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It really helps out. Yeah. Um, but there will be a delay and uh, called hysteresis mm-hmm. or hysteresis, and uh, that that's basically just the time it takes for these for the field to change direction and all align itself.
1: Right, because when you get these domains going, um, the ones that aren't already lined up on a north south uh, pole, yeah, um, they just rotate around and do a little crazy spinning until they land on it. Right, and the ones that are already aligned north south um, are. They grow bigger.
0: Yeah, become more robust, I guess.
1: Yeah, and as a result, other ones, the walls between um, smaller domains uh, will shrink. And so you have large north-south domains. And then even the smaller ones are now probably polarized along that that, uh, north-south line. Yeah. And you have just created a magnet.
0: Yeah, and here's what I think was one of the really cooler aspects of this is how strong your magnet is depends on how hard it was to get these domains to move in that direction. Yeah. And the harder it is, the longer it will stay magnetized, which sort of makes sense. It's almost like that it was so stubborn to get going, but then once you got it going in the right direction, it was then stubborn undoing it, it, that action.
1: Right, which kind of makes you wonder, like, if, if over enough of a time span, will any magnetized material eventually lose its magnetism?
0: Oh, just left alone?
1: Yeah. Huh. That's a good question. Uh you there are things you can do to demagnetize things. Uh you could take a magnet and put it in a magnetic field that's polarized the opposite direction.
0: Yeah. It's kind of mean.
1: Yeah, you can um you can boil it alive, which is also very mean, and uh heat it to the point where it loses its magnetism.
0: Yeah, the Curie point. The guy uh in the video tested this. He had a paper clip on a string tied to the table mm-hmm. and then the magnet was like a foot off, so it was just like Doing, and, and then he took a, uh.
1: Was it a Jerry Lewis magnet? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> then he said, Dean, bring me a lighter. <laughs> and, uh, he got a lighter and, and heated up the paperclip and then you see it start to shake and then eventually it just poop fell.
1: That is a weird story. Yeah. He demagnetized it. Yeah, he did. Using the Curie point. Um, so, okay. Again, we could stop here. I think everybody understands how magnets work, right? Like, there's little magnetic domains that are in all kinds of crazy directions, and then when you expose them to a magnetic field, they line up together, and they produce their own magnetic field around that magnetic material, and then there you go. It flows out of the north and into the south. Magnets, right? I I would like to see a survey. I wish you could take an
0: instant survey of people that, you know, half of them are going, go, 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 and half (laughs) of them are like, I'm good. right? That's all I need to know about magnets. Right. You know?
1: I think our listeners are pretty curious folk.
0: Okay. So we're going deeper. And Tracy uh, Wilson, um, who our site manager here, of Stuff You Miss in History Class now. Yeah. She wrote this one and she's so thorough. Yeah. She has a very nice little pun in this uh, section called shipping magnets. Get it?
1: Oh, Shipping magnet? Yeah, I got it now. I didn't notice that before.
0: Yeah, it's a pun. Um, what she's talking about in this section though is interesting in that very large magnets present a lot of problems because they're super strong and you can't just throw it on a truck, uh, and, you know, drive it across country. <laughs> you know, it'll disrupt everything. Yeah. So very, uh, s- specific precautions have to be taken when delivering large magnets used for certain like industrial applications. Uh, one of which is, they have machines that, because it'll pick up all this ferrous material along the way. Right. And they have machines when they get there to remove all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I mean, imagine if you're shipping it in like a truck and the truck is made of, or has some sort of iron alloy in it. Yeah. Yeah and you have a huge industrial magnet how are you going to get that off of the truck you're <laughs> yeah, not exactly so they magnetize these materials on site typically right
0: oh is that what they do that's
1: what i understand oh, okay. or else they just rely um, almost exclusively on electromagnets which become magnetic when you pass a current through other
0: oh, you can say manpower
1: <laughs> right it's like give me those 10 guys american ingenuity <laughs> that's how you do it pull
0: <laughs> it's stuck sir right um well speaking of sticking we're going to break it down to the electrons, which- The atomic level. This is bound to happen. Yeah. Because that's really where it
1: all starts. Well, we're, I was just saying like electromagnets, they, they become magnetic when you pass a field of electricity through them. Yeah. Or a current. And all electrical current is, is a flow of electrons. Yeah. Movement of electrons produces electricity. Mm-hmm. And electricity and magnetism are, are very much related. And this is why. Because on the atomic level of a ferrous material, mm-hmm. iron, nickel, cobalt, Right, those yep. are the big ones. Let's call it the big three. Well, let's let's talk specifically about iron. Okay. In in an iron atom, there are around its its orbit. In its orbit, there are electrons moving around. Yeah, they're, would they spin downward or or upward. And typically, they're paired. And when you have a pair of electrons, one spinning upward. One spinning downward. There's ne- they're never any other way. There's no yeah. pair of electrons that both spin in the same direction. It's always opposite.
0: Yeah, and that's called the Pauli exclusion principle. It's yeah. just not possible.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so, in iron, you also have four unpaired electrons that all spin the same way. Now, those ones that are paired and spinning the uh, the opposite direction, they cancel one another out. Yeah. But these four spinning the same way. Produce a magnetic field, a very, 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 very tiny magnetic field, but a magnetic field nonetheless. Yeah.
0: Right? And this is very unusual for these unpaired electrons to be spinning in the same direction. That's why it only happens in things like iron, cobalt, and nickel. Right, exactly. That's That's what makes
1: them ferromagnetic materials. Yeah. Potentially magnetic because they have these unpaired electrons that are spinning in a certain direction, right? That's right. And then because these things are spinning in the same direction, they attract other atoms to kind of line up that are spinning in the same direction. To line up nearby. And then those create what domains.
0: Well what well, a moment. They have a moment.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot the moment. Josh. It's
0: called the orbital magnetic moment. And I get it maybe that's just when they realize, hey, we're all we're all partying in the same way. We're all spinning downward. Right. And we all like slacks. Yeah, and hey, we've got a magnetic field all of a sudden. It's yeah. small but Let's get a bunch of other ones and let's create a larger
1: one right and that moment is um, it's a it describes the uh, the force the I guess the power and the direction of the spin yeah so yeah when you have a bunch of them having the same moment they kind of line up around one another when this when iron forms that's right and then that causes the domain or that creates the little magnetic domains in in the material.
0: That's right. Uh, and if you notice that, um, materials that make good magnets are the same materials that magnets attract, then, uh, it's because they attract unpaired electrons that are spinning in that direction. It's, it's the same thing. And you can also have something called diamagnetic, which are, uh, unpaired electrons creating a field that repels instead of attracts. Right. And then some materials don't react at all with magnets. Like-
1: like pine straw.
0: <laughs> I think now is the time for a word from our sponsor. Stuff All right. Back to magnets because there's still some more to go.
1: I mean, now everyone who's listening to this understands magnets on a an atomic level. Yeah. It's the spin of electrons. It's physics. Yeah. My favorite thing.
0: Yeah. This um, one actually appealed to me more than usual, yeah. f- physics-wise. Same here. You know?
1: Remember the physics of surfing? I
0: do. <laughs> All right. So uh, people measure magnets to see, you know, how strong the magnetic field is uh, using something called a Gauss meter. Yeah. And um, flux or webers are the, um, what would you call that? The, well, you uh, measure unit flux in webers. Oh, okay.
1: So flux is a line of magnetic force coming out of it. But I botched that. That's all right. Okay.
0: So uh, the density of the flux is measured in either Tesla or Gauss, uh, with Tesla being 10,000 Gauss, which is pretty cool that you get a unit of measurement named after you. Oh, yeah. If you're Tesla.
1: You better if you're Tesla. You sure. You a lot of cool stuff.
0: Uh, and you can also measure it in Weber's per square meter. Uh, but really, who wants to do that? Yeah. You know? Canada, probably. <laughs> and then the magnitude of the field is measured in uh, amperes per meter or something called orsted.
1: Yeah. I like orsted. You yeah. know? I'm a fan of orsted and I also like flux and tesla's pretty awesome too. <laughs>
0: So where do we use magnets besides pizza reminders?
1: (laughs) Or doorbells. Or doorbells. or Of course. speakers. We use them to, uh, if you were into cassette tapes back in the day, brother, you were into magnets. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, We also use them, again, in compasses, burglar alarms, electric motors. We use them to provide torque.
0: Yeah, car speedometers. Mm -hmm. If you have an old-fashioned cathode ray tube television set, you're using magnets. Yep.
1: Did you listen to cassettes? What? Sure, man. I was. I grew up in the '80s. Okay, I
0: was just. I, I wasn't quite sure. You know, you're a little younger, but I didn't know. Like no, I was, was a late there, adopter.
1: Oh, oh, for of cassettes. Well,
0: no, of everything. Because what I would do is I would have a big collection, mm-hmm. and then be like, oh, I got all these records. Right. So I was late to cassettes, and then I had all these cassettes. And I didn't want to switch to CDs. Yeah. Until all my cassettes got stolen. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'll get CDs now. Guess I'm going CDs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I was there for the big transition from cassettes to CDs. Sure remember like they were across the board 20 dollars 19.99 for a CD in the big box too remember yep. what, what a, a waste, waste. <laughs> see look at that
0: maglev trains yeah we talked about this we have a cool uh, one of our little 1 minute um live action shorts online we we uh and maybe i'll post this when we release this but the maglev train system it, and a lot of roller coasters and things like that use super magnets too i don't remember that one yeah the maglev train uses it to propel the train forward yeah and I don't roller remember coasters how. use magnets for braking a lot of times oh yeah like new ones
1: yeah the good ones you don't remember that one no um, we did like a dozen of them in four days okay I, I don't remember that one I'll send it to you the thank you the magnetosphere is a part of our atmosphere I guess it's outside of the atmosphere but it, it surrounds Earth in a protective layer that protects it from charged ions known as solar winds. Yeah. And when these solar winds come in contact with the magnetosphere, you get something that's called the northern or southern lights. Ah, oh, okay. That's what that is. I knew we talked about that at some point. In another short. That's right. Yeah. Um,
0: and then our favorite, of course, the Wonder Machine, would not be possible without magnets because it is magnetic
1: resonance imaging. Right. You know? it and- just be resonance imaging without it.
0: Yeah, there's no fun in that. Uh, And then doctors sometimes use pulse uh, electromagnetic fields to actually heal broken bones that haven't healed correctly. Yeah, amazing.
1: I looked into this. They have no idea how it works on a molecular level. Oh, really? All they know is that if you expose bone or tissue—I think bones more, more bone and muscle maybe—are easier to grow Uh to an electromagnetic pulse, it grows even if it like it hasn't healed under after surgery or any other procedure if you hit it with a, a, an electromagnetic pulse it'll you'll get a reaction and they're figuring out how to put this in garments for astronauts oh really are, yeah because you have you sub, you suffer substantial bone loss huh. on a very long microgravity flight yeah um so they're figuring out how to weave it into their clothes so their clothes can get can blast them with an electromagnetic pulse to make sure their bone density keeps up. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But they don't know why it works. They just know it works.
0: Uh, cows are pretty happy they're magnets. Yeah. Because there's a, this horrific thing called uh, traumatic, you know, we'll just call it hardware disease. <laughs> and this is when, when cows eat small metal objects that are in their food. And it's pretty awful that that happens. But luckily they have a cow magnet to feed them. And
1: it, I guess, gathers up all this stuff, and then they poop it out. Uh, they—I'll bet that's horrible to poop out. Isn't that what happens? Or it punctures? Oh, the magnet. Yeah, I mean, they poop it Do out, right? Do they poop the magnet out?
0: I don't know. What it does. surely it doesn't just stay
1: in the body, does it? I don't know. All
0: right, I'm gonna have to look into that some more.
1: And people are known to put their arms into cows' rears. Yeah. No, we we. That some, some
0: of them have a hole cut in their side, remember, so they can examine their stomach.
1: Yeah, the one with the pore hole. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to try this one. Traumatic reticulopericarditis. You
0: practice that beforehand. Well done. So. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Some people
1: might think practicing hard words before you do a professionally released audio program is <laughs> right? a good thing. Um, if, uh, if a human swallows a magnet, that's not good. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Cows' intestines and stomachs are different than humans' intestines and stomachs. And if we swallow especially more than one magnet, they will basically clamp your entrails together and you will be in big trouble and you'll have to undergo surgery to have them removed. Yeah,
0: so that's no good. Parents, be cautioned to when your kids are playing with magnets because kids like to swallow things they shouldn't swallow. Yeah.
1: And since we talked about electromagnetic pulses being um, capable of spurring bone loss- Mm -hmm. Uh, is it spurning or, bone or spurning? Growth. man burning bone loss spurring bone growth thank you yeah um you would think that people wearing like magnetic bracelets or magnetic yeah. insoles are getting some sort of benefit there's no there's no study that's ever shown that they're those things actually help although there's a lot of people out there who believe in static magnetic therapy which is just a magnet on your skin there's no pulse or anything going right. off and they think that possibly the people who are adherence to this sure think that it's either attracting iron in the hemoglobin that kind of makes sense to improve circulation mm-hmm. or um, it it has some sort of effect on the cellular structure in the body right uh, and that that's why it helps your back insoles help your back or a bracelet helps your arthritis yeah um, but again there's no studies that suggest this
0: well it's big money um, Americans alone spend about 500 million per year on this kind of thing, um, and worldwide about $5 billion a year on magnetic uh, treatment. So With a B, Yeah, that's a lot of dough. It is. Uh, and then uh, there was one more thing. Magnetized drinking water is a thing now to treat ailments, and I think that they have not shown in clinical trials that that's been proven either. Correct?
1: Most of the minerals in drinking water are not ferromagnetic, so to begin with, it right. wouldn't have anything to do with it.
0: And they, they found that um, in clinical trials, a lot of the positive benefits uh, come from placebo maybe, or a passage of time, yeah, or maybe the fact that these uh, insole cushionings are just better made and more padded to begin yeah. with.
1: There's also apparently um, a device that removes um, hard water yeah. minerals from water uh, using magnets, but apparently, again- it's not really doing anything, as far as Consumer Reports says, uh, in a two-year study.
0: Yeah, we had a water softener when I lived in Yuma. Yeah. And I'd never heard of that. And I was like, oh, what? And it's like, you know, it was in the garage. It sort of looked like a hot water heater. Mm-hmm. And it softened the water, whatever that means. Yeah, do you, Do you know what it did? Uh, Soften the water. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I remember asking my sister what hard water did. And she was like, oh, you could tell the difference. Like, I can't remember It makes your chocolate. skin
1: real dry, I think. Yeah, and I think,
0: yeah, I don't remember.
1: Yeah. So that's hard water, everyone. If you want to learn more about that, type the word magnets into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It will bring up this uh, awesome and exhaustive article. Also, if you're interested in doorbells, type that word in the search bar, too. And since I said search bar twice, it means we go straight to Listener Mail. Yeah, I'm going to call this a
0: military shout-out. We don't do shout-outs that often. Sometimes we do. We get a lot of requests, so don't feel bad, people, if we don't do your shout-out. This is from Trevor. Hey, guys. My name is Trevor. And yes, that is spelled with a B and not a V. And that is a long story that I'll tell you if you'd like, but that's not why I'm writing in. I am currently serving in the uh, U.S. Armed Forces, and I am stationed overseas. My wife and I recently welcomed my daughter into the world. Congratulations, Trevor and wife and I got to spend some time with them uh, although not as much as I would like to obviously before I had to come back overseas uh, it's been a really long tough uh, trip being away from them and even harder on our marriage i work long hours and when i come home uh, to talk to my wife i really dread uh, talking about work and she really hates talking about herself all the time so that's when i bring up topics that you guys talk about on the show i've listened for years and i have turned her on to them as well and i just want to thank you guys and ask if you could give a shout-out to her uh, in Listener Mail. Her name is Tony with an I. So, Trevor and Tony, Trevor, thanks for your service, obviously. Mm-hmm. And both of you, thanks for hanging in there as a military couple. It's tough yeah, when you're away for that long. And uh, it's quite a sacrifice. My sister and her husband, he's a, a career Marine helicopter pilot, as I mentioned before. Yeah, he's been to Afghanistan, right? Yeah, and they go for, you know, long tours, six and eight months at a time, and you do enough of those in your life, and you realize you're spending years away from your husband or wife, totaled up. Yeah. And family and daughters and sons. And so it's tough stuff. So uh, shouting out to you guys. Hang in there.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Trevor and Tony. Yeah. Um, that's pretty awesome that we're like keeping their marriage happy. Well, we're providing them sustenance <laughs> to talk about. It's awesome. Exactly. Uh, if you want to let us know how we uh, have helped your marriage, we're very interested in that. You can also try us on a shout out. Again, we don't do it very often, but it's worth a shot if you really think so. Sure. Um, you can tweet to us at uh, SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. Send us an email to stuffpodcast@discovery.com, at Discovery.com. And join us at our home on the web, www.StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. This episode of Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by jackthreads.com.